Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Triple Threat Podcast. We are so excited to have you here with us again today. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about today. I am DJ Shockley. On the other side of the mic, my man Scotty D is here. Before we get to Scotty D, we got some really, really important news. The people at Snappy Home Services are now a great sponsor of the Triple Threat Podcast. They provide electrical, plumbing, heating, and air services to all of Metro Atlanta, Hey, man, listen to this. They got lifetime parts and labor warranties. You can't beat lifetime. Locally owned and operated, they support numerous high school sports programs. They help everybody. You got to give them a call. If you do, it's 770-424-SNAP. Or check them out on the website at snappyservices.com. Snappy Electric Plumbing, Heating and Air. And this is the best part about it. They're giving $75 off your next appointment. All you got to do is use the code triple threat. All right. Snappy makes home happy. And Scotty D, you've actually used Snappy before, right? Yeah. I'm, I've been a customer for several years. We just had a unit, HVAC unit put in last week. Nice. Um, I, we had another one put in the year before, uh, our other one. I've used their electric. I've used their plumbing. Yeah. Um, they're professional. The, from the people that come out to counsel you on what you know what you need to buy what's yeah. best how to improve your air quality in your house they're yeah they're great the people in the office that handle appointments and financing and all that kind Legit. of stuff they're great yeah great and then deal. their technicians are pros cool they man. wear the uh they wear the things on their shoes to keep their feet clean in your house <laughs> they keep uh you know where, where they're wearing masks right now yeah so uh i highly recommend them um give them a call they're great people so we appreciate snappy being the official sponsor uh to triple threat podcast check them out man check them out Snappy makes me home happy. All right, let's jump right into some of the good stuff going on this week in the world of sports. How about this? Big 10 football is back. Big 10 put out a, I say, a, put out a, a nice little announcement on Wednesday that they're going to be back playing football. Start date tentative October 23rd, 24th. They're looking to play eight games and eight weeks so they can still have an opportunity to play in the college football playoffs. And then at the end of the year, if your team is not playing in the college football playoff, playing on championship weekend, there's an extra game that you can play. So I love that part about it. What do you think about the big 10 saying they're back and they're playing ball? Well, it's really nice of them to come around and, and come around and do this after they tried to kill college football for everybody. Oh, man. They, but they, they weren't going to kill it for everybody. They were trying to. Nah. They were trying to be, look, we'll, we'll do this and everybody else will follow. Yeah. That's what they tried. Yeah. And the Pac-12 said, okay. And then, you know, everybody else like, nah. But what's how do you feel about an 8-0 Ohio State team being included in the playoffs with a 10-0 Clemson? I don't mind. 10-0 Alabama. I don't 10-0 mind. 10-0 Oklahoma. If you got – if you play seven, eight games, man, I think that's enough sample size to see. I agree. I've just heard a question. Play, you know? Yeah, I've I just mean, heard people question, but I, I agree. I mean, you go win your, your conference championship. I mean, they deserve to be in it. I yeah. mean, 
And, and who knows what's going to happen, man? I mean, you know, hopefully the season does continue and they don't have a postponement or anything like that. So uh, I'm glad, man. For one, I'm glad for the for the kids who get an opportunity to play. The kids get a chance to go out there. A lot of kids who this may have been their last opportunity to play major college yeah, football. Absolutely. And now they get the opportunity to go out and play. And I love all the protocols that are being put in place. They got some mm-hmm. really stringent protocols that are in place. So uh, big kudos to the Big Ten for making it tough with the protocols, but also saying, hey, let's get these kids back on the field and let's go play. Yeah. All right. Luke, last week we had some major upsets in college football in, in week <laughs> two. Look, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns upset Iowa State 31 to 14. Arkansas State beat Kansas State 35 to 31. And Georgia Tech. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm an equal opportunity guy. So Georgia Tech gets a win over Florida State in Tallahassee, 16 to 13, behind true freshman quarterback Jeff Sims. I was surprised, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, shout out to my man, Tony Thorne, man. He's a, a big Georgia Tech guy who who is always on me about the, the Yellow Jackets and they're going to be on the way. They're about to be taking over. The, the Clemson's next on the radar. <laughs> Uh, but shout out Georgia Tech, man. That was a big win by them uh, going down to Tallahassee. Were you surprised with the Yellow Jackets going down there and getting a win with a freshman quarterback? No. In fact, Adam, who uh, owns Snappy Home Services, yeah. is a big Georgia Tech guy. And really? I left his house earlier. I left his office actually Saturday morning. Adam, I didn't know that, this. Adam. I didn't know you were a Yellow Jacket. <laughs> I did not know. But it's all good, <clears> man. I'm giving, give, giving the Jackets some love, I told him, I said, I said, I think they can win this. Now, yeah. it took – it took a lot of effort for them to win because yeah. the, the freshman quarterback, who I think looked really nice. Yeah, he's um, going to be good. He also like threw it. two interceptions deep in Florida State territory that he, he just didn't see the guy. But that's experience, I think. That's just experience. Yeah. You, you can see he's the talent. Right, you can see the talent. Georgia Tech, man, they got some new-look dudes out there, man. They, the athletes look a little different uh, now with uh, Coach Collins there. And, mm. and Georgia Tech's looking to make some noise early, man, and it's, and it's Collins' uh, era. So we'll see what happens going forward. All right, this week – the big showdown in the ACC is Louisville versus Miami. You got Mikael Cunningham who threw for 343 last week in three tubs and their win. And then you got Derek King who transferred over uh, from Houston and now he played really well last week. So that's going to be a big showdown mm-hmm. in the ACC coming out of there. Other news around college football, Kirby Smart says the QB competition will come down to the first game It won't. Anybody will not know until that first game. And I actually just found out today. Oh, what'd you find out? I'm calling the Georgia to Arkansas game. So oh, yeah. I'll be I'll be there to figure out who's gonna run out there and play quarterback for the dogs. Uh that'll be interesting between Dewan Mathis and JT Daniels. So, that's, so you can't you can't pick that game then. We can't we can't have a pick pick that game. contest on that one. All right. Cannot pick that game. All right. All right, Herb Street. <laughs> Last thing we got in college football, Ed O this week said his yeah. his play. Oh right. no no yeah yeah, I'm going I'm going to let my man Scotty D do his Edo impression of what he said this week about his players and COVID nineteen. You know uh, most of my, most of us already had your COVID, but you know when we we took some gumbo and got rid of it, and yeah, you know we're gonna opt out, and but we're gonna we're gonna go up there and go Tigers, bro. Did you say y'all took some gumbo? Yeah, and got that's back the cure. There? That's the cure. <laughs> Gumbo cure all. Yeah. Gumbo cure COVID nineteen. Yeah. What? In 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 Baton Rouge. Baton, Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. <laughs> all right. So Edo said he had tons of players on his team that uh had contracted the virus and hopefully they don't get again and 
he thinks everybody be good to go for the season going forward. That's the take on college football. A lot going on. Going to be an even bigger week this week. And we'll have more to talk about next week. Let's jump, let's jump into the NBA, man. NBA. Yeah. There will not be a battle for L.A. this year because the Clippers had the m- – it was the most ridiculous – Collapse? Collapse. I'm saying the other C word. Choke oh. that I've seen Woo. in a long time. When you're up 3-1 and you lose, Denver, give them a lot of credit. Murray, Jokic, all those guys – balling mm. but the Clippers are not going to be the best team in LA and nobody will ever say now the Clippers give LeBron a run and who runs LA everybody knows who runs LA now is the Lakers were you shocked that that not only lost in game seven but they got blew out I mean after seeing games five and six I mean I wouldn't call it a shock but let me ask you a trivia question do okay. you know the only NBA coach to lose three Three, three, three and one deficits. I'm just going to go ahead and say Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers? Yeah. Yeah, that's tough on Doc, yeah. man, because I like Doc. I do, I do too. Dang, that's tough right there. I mean, with all the that's a tough. talent they got on that team, there's no way. I, I just knew it was going to be L.A. and L.A. in that, in that finals right there in the, in the West. But it will be for not. I'm glad, though, man, because I love watching Denver. I know. They've been fun. I know. Clip. Nuggets win 104 to 89. My man Joker had a triple double before fourth quarter started. So they were on a mission. So Hey, let me ask you a question. The most ridiculous choke I ever seen. Who's the biggest disappointment? The Clippers after all the moves they made in the offseason. Right. Or the Bucks, who have had the best record in the league for two straight years. Ooh, which is a bigger disappointment? That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh I'm gonna go with the Clippers, man. I mean, when you go and you trade and you go and get Paul George, you got Kawhi, you got the the, the Nat and Pat Beverly, you got Lou Will. I mean, you got a lot of talent on that mm-hmm. team. And experience, yeah. And experience. And you don't make it to the conference finals. After being up 3-1. After being up 3-1. Come on, Clips. Yeah, that's, that's reek. That's tough right there. That's tough. So, hey, man. Better luck next year, Clippers. We'll see. Game one of the Eastern Conference Final between the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics goes into OT, and Jimmy B comes up big again. They win 117-114 to 114 in overtime, and I might have saw one of the most ridiculous blocks ever at the end of a game. Jason Tatum goes in, and he wants to yam it, and bam, out of bail, <laughs> says, no, sir. No, sir. And... That is a wrap for the Boston Celtics as the Heat take game one. Boston was pretty much in control of that ball game, and the Heat end up coming back and getting game one, which is, man, that was a big-time win for them in game one. <laughs> that you, block you saw was that block? crazy. Yeah, that block was I've n- I don't think I've ever seen – I've seen people, you know, reject a, what looked like a sure dunk. But, man, I think that ball was halfway in the rim yeah, when, he finally, bent when he finally and got it back. I mean, oh, my gosh. That was dumb. That was dumb. That was dumb. Before I before we go any further, I want to make sure everybody understands we have a great guest today. Mm. And when I say great, I mean legendary guest. My man Danny Werfel was going to join us here shortly. Yes, the Danny Werfel from Florida Gators who won the Heisman Trophy. Scotty D has a freaking picture signed by Danny Werfel over hey, here. Oh, don't my Don't feel goodness. left out. Wow. 
Danny Werfel, see, if for the people who can't see it, he's holding up a framed picture of Danny Werfel that signed, and then he's got a picture of me that signed, just in regular it's old, not just framed yet, not yeah. framed at all. You can tell he doesn't really care. It says, it's to my son, you know? It is. As, as guys, you may not know, Scotty D is a big Florida fan, so uh, the opportunity to talk to my man Danny Werfel today is going to be pretty cool, man. Talk about those Heisman days, talking about those crazy teams he's on and all the great stuff he's doing now once he's left. Uh, the NFL. Let's jump into the NFL. Talking about a guy who played NFL. This week we saw some great matchups. We saw Tampa Bay take on the Saints. We saw, I thought, was Brady. Might have been Jameis still playing for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady threw a couple picks in that ball game. He struggled a little bit. And you saw something that you said you thought was pretty interesting about what Bruce Arians was talking about, huh? Well, he he didn't have a problem in his press conference saying that, you know, calling Brady to task, saying that, you know, I don't think he called him out. He just said, look, we Me expect Brady. Brady. Yeah. Brady Brady knows we expect – Tom knows we expect better. Yeah. And I guess everybody's blowing up about this, but you know he took criticism from Belichick, right? For sure. Maybe, For sure. you know, Belichick didn't do anything in the media, but uh, you know he took criticism. So it, I don't think that's a problem. He may just need to get his, his, head, his head in the right spot to take yeah. – to take different kinds of criticism. I like Bruce Arians a lot. Yeah, I like Bruce too, man. It's going to be it's going to be they're going to get better, man. It's early in the season. They didn't have a full off season. They're still trying to learn each other. So, yeah. Uh Brady and Tampa I think are still going to be pretty good. Um Saints uh got a big win, but it looks like <clears> they're going to be out. Uh they got the Saints Saints play the Raiders on Monday Night Football and who's out is Mike Thomas. Mm. Hurt his ankle late in that ball game and looks like he may be out for a couple of weeks so the Saints will be down. Him you know staying in the NFC South, the Falcons lose to the Seahawks on Sunday. Russell Wilson came in and had a MVP style of game. Falcons lose 38-25. Matt throws for 450 yards on 50-some attempts. Gurley got his first touchdown as a Falcon. Uh, the Falcons also had three receivers go up 100 yards. So a lot to be excited about, but not losing the ball game was good. Other games, Rams beat the Cowboys 20-17. to Steelers over the Giants, and the Titans beat the Broncos on Monday night. Tonight, we got a pair of number one picks squaring off on Thursday night football. Bengals versus Browns. The snoozer? The snoozer? No? I'm probably competitive. Who you like? Who you like? Who you like? Um, I probably have to go with the Browns. Really? Yeah. I don't know, man. Joe Burrow played all right last week, He man. did. They, but they, they had a chance not, to win, yeah, man. They, it, called it, they called it a little P.I. on my boy A.J. Green over there. I I don't. I think Burrow's probably, in, a, in the end of the day, going to be a better quarterback than Baker. But yeah, I like I like the Browns. I mean, I'm surprised they got smoked like they did. But they played a good team. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, one more game I want to talk about. The Patriots versus Seahawks on Sunday night. We get to see Cam mm-hmm. going against Russ. That ought to be a very interesting game. The Seahawks, man, I saw those guys live and in person. That defense is real. Yeah, let me pick that one. I don't know if Cam expects to be running around 15, 16 times on that defense. They are fast and physical. Who you got? Oh, I think Seattle's definitely going to win that at home Okay, with the 12th man. Yeah. And I mean 12 people in the stands. I was just going to say, ain't nobody going to be there. Ain't nobody going to be there. <laughs> Twelve security guards there. Another game, man. I like to see, man. The Ravens versus Texas, man. If they yeah. can get Deshaun some help on the outside, they got a chance. But the Ravens are tough, man. That defense is still legit. A lot of good games coming up this weekend in the world of the National Football League. And next, next, Scotty D. You all right? Yes. You gonna be all right. 
fanboy on it. Look at him, man. He loves some freaking Florida Gators. All right, next coming up, my man, the Heisman Trophy winner, Danny Werfel, joins the Triple Threat Podcast. And welcome back to the Triple Threat Podcast. I am extremely excited to talk to my next guest who I've known for a little bit now. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people know this guy, my man, Danny Warfel, 96 Heisman Trophy winner, uh, works for Desire Street Ministries now. The executive director does so many great things in the community. But uh, Danny, man, how are you doing? And I appreciate you joining the show. And I appreciate it. It's good to hear your voice. It's good to be talking about some football and uh, happy to be with you guys today for sure man tell the people uh where you at right now what's going on because um, i know we were talking before we started the interview about some stuff that was going on right now and kind of where you at just in case uh it, it goes a little <laughs> in and out <laughs> i hear you yeah well uh me and one of my sons you know my, my whole family we live in atlanta right and uh, me and one of my sons came down to florida to visit my mom and uh, we're in Destin, and we're caught up in this hurricane right now, Sally. So mm. we've uh, we've been pulling things up all out the water and wow. lost power. And uh, and you know, I went down to check on my dad. He's got a pontoon boat at, at his dock, and the water was so high it just floated away. No <laughs> like, way! Oh. So we had to go go get his boat. And uh, oh wow! Um, so anyway, we're we're uh, we're doing fine. Everybody's safe, healthy, but uh, the power's out and. Uh, but hopefully our, our signal will last and we can have a good conversation. <laughs> For sure. Well, blessings to your family, man. Hope hope everybody continues to stay safe, man, and uh, wish them well for everybody down there. Obviously, a lot of people uh, know about you, know your story. Obviously, won the Heisman, uh, doing a lot of great things. I mean, played at University of Florida, uh, played in the National Football League. Now you're doing a lot of things with Desire Street Marriage. But let's go back to the early years. Let's talk about – Danny Werfel growing up. I mean, you, you, I was looking up some stuff. You, you moved around a little bit. You moved. You lived in South Carolina, Spain, Nebraska, Colorado uh, before you, you finally, you know, ended up in Florida and went to Fort Walt Beach High School. Talk about the early years of, of growing up and having to move around. Yeah, I, you know, my dad was in the Air Force, so every couple of years we moved. And, you know, as a kid, it was frustrating because every time you kind of got your friends, you kind of found your place on your team. Right. You have to up and go. Um you know, so I remember a lot of times, you know, just struggling through that. But a uh, couple things. First of all, sports really helped me because, mm-hmm. you know, wherever I went, I got on a new team and made friends pretty quickly. And so sports really helped me through that. Another thing that looking back, I really am thankful for is, you know, when you live in so many different parts of the country and parts of the world, you realize that people think differently. Right. People do things differently. And it's not wrong. It's just different. And, you know, to, to be able to re- recognize that a lot of people approach life very differently and, and appreciate that and, and learn to uh, enjoy that and learn from it as opposed to sort of get set in your own ways, which is pretty easy when, when you're in one place your whole life. For sure. For sure. And then you, you, you go to Fort Walton Beach High School and you were staying out in football and basketball. They, I didn't know you had some some hoop game. Uh, obviously, obviously, you, you did pretty well playing the quarterback position. But what kind of what kind of what kind of b-ball skills did you have, bro? <laughs> well, I appreciate that word standout. That's probably a stretch. <laughs> um, 
I was pretty good at basketball in junior high. I remember in ninth grade, uh, we had to fill out a, a goal sheet like for our life. And one of my goals was to get a college scholarship. And I, I thought it might be in basketball. But as I got into high school, you know, I clearly became a better football player. I, there's, clearly. There's, there's more six-foot-two quarterbacks than six-foot-two, you know, power <laughs> forwards playing. Um, so I'm, I'm okay. I, I always could shoot the ball pretty well and, and you know, I hustled around a bunch. But uh, I, I wasn't wasn't a great basketball player. <laughs> All right, so you, you led your team to a 4A state championship. Uh, and, and then you also were state high school player of the year. I mean, you were – the top high school football recruit in the state of Florida. I think it turned out pretty well. Talk about those high school days, man. And what was it about, you know, you're growing up that, that made you into the player you were to be the, the best player in the state of Florida coming out? Well, I mean, I, um, I think there's, you never, to fully answer that question, I don't know the answer, but the, some of the things <laughs> that come to mind, you know, is, I mean, I, I had sort of insane competitive spirit and yeah. I, I, I worked really hard. I did all those sort of things that, that you've got to do. And, and I was blessed with, with, you know, a smart brain and accurate hand-eye coordination and, and some athletic ability. So all that stuff, but you know, the things that, that you don't control, you know, before we moved to Florida, my dad was supposed to get moved to Minot, North Dakota. Oh, and instead of going and being like maybe a high school ice fisherman, I get sent to Florida <laughs> where it's like a powerhouse football place. And right. then I happen to be in a place where we get a coach that came in my junior year that was just unbelievably talented, that uh, created an offense that fit. We had the right players. So it's just one of those things where everything came together and a lot of it was really out of my control and just makes me so so grateful um but yeah we had a great team we weren't the biggest uh we weren't the strongest but but we uh we, there's something special about us and, and we won the state championship and probably one of my favorite all-time memories is we played at the the florida stadium at the swamp for the state championship oh, nice. and being on that field afterwards hugging hugging friends holding the trophy <laughs> crying that's like one of my favorite mo moments ever oh man that's pretty cool and i was looking up <laughs> some stuff I said, oh, man, me and Danny got a lot in common, man. We both were players in our particular uh, state, top players. You know, you were one and two. I was one and two coming out. And then I got to the last part where it said you graduated valedictorian. That was not me. <laughs> that wasn't you. <laughs> so I said, oh, uh, Danny's got me there. Yeah, you, you mentioned that, that smart part of it. So uh, I thought that was pretty funny. When, when nice. you were thinking about choosing colleges, was it dead set on I'm going to be a Gator or was it – a real battle that there's a chance you can go somewhere else. Definitely a battle. My, my older sister was at Florida state. Uh, we live closer to Florida state. I uh, really uh, appreciated Bobby Bowden. I thought he was a great man. And mm. uh, I took a visit to Alabama and, and really respected Gene Stallings and thought I was going to go there. And uh, then I, you know, visited Florida and loved everything about that. And so I was really torn even to the last night of my decision, um, what to do. But at the end, there were two things that, that, that stuck. One was as a quarterback to play for Steve Spurrier clearly was a, was a great opportunity. Yeah. And then se secondly, I said, if I wasn't a football player, if I was a student, which of these schools would I go to? And I, I chose, chose Florida. It's a great academic institution. In fact, it just got ranked the number six, uh, public university in the country. Wow! So it's a it's a it's a great school, and I'm super proud to uh, have graduated from there. Well, everybody listening, I'm sure they know that I'm a Georgia guy, 
Danny's a, a Florida guy, so he had to make sure to let everybody know how good Florida is right now. So uh, I'm sure everybody get a lot of uh, laughs out of that. You you go to University of Florida, obviously, uh, 93, your first year, you, you get there. Uh, you guys won four straight consecutive SEC titles, but let's go back to 93. I was reading the game versus Kentucky. Mm. You and Terry Dean, seven interceptions between the two of you guys. What was going on, Danny? <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> Terry went out and threw a bunch of interceptions. I was the backup, so he put me in in the second quarter, and on my first play, I, I overthrew the middle route, so that was interception. So I was in for one play, and I got benched. <laughs> <laughs> and then Terry played into the uh, third quarter and into the fourth quarter and ended up throwing his fourth interception. Oh, wow. So he put me in. We scored a touchdown, got a little momentum, and then I threw an interception, and then I threw another interception. And we, <laughs> so we're going into the last drive of the game. And uh, actually, I was telling my son this. My son had a frustrating uh, moment on the soccer field. And uh, and we were talking about you know your attitude and – Right. He was kind of on the bench. He was a little bit discouraged and had his head down. And I said, well, that moment right there at the end of this game, uh, what Coach Spurrier would say is he looked at the other quarterback and he was sitting on the bench with his head down. And I was standing right next to him with my head up ready to go. So he put me in because he had no idea who was going to put in on the last drive. <laughs> but because I was standing there with my head up, he happened to put me in. Oh, we go wow. down and I, I threw, a, threw a touchdown with eight seconds left. And uh, To my you know, man Chris Doring. Yes, <laughs> that's my man. Our boy Chris caught it, and uh, yeah, what a what a what a day! Oh man, that's that is fabulous. You know what? One thing that I, I love to hear are the stories, but also the things that uh, helped you grow into the man you are. And we have tons of kids and tons of just individuals, period, who listen to the podcast and and look for things that they can get out of, especially when things aren't going their way. And in that particular spot, things weren't going your way. You talk about your son having frustrating moments. What are some of those life lessons that, that you have learned over all your years of playing that has really helped you when you're in a tough or a rut moment where you got to find a way to get yourself out of it? Well, one is uh, it's 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 a matter of can you just get up and keep going? Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if you break your leg or, you, you know, you tear ACL, you may have to lay on the ground and they carry out on a stretcher, but not just physically, but but emotionally. Uh, can you just keep going? And I think, you know, resilience and perseverance is a, is a, is a trait that that's not in a high commodities these days. We, we, something doesn't go our way and we get upset, we're entitled and then we tank. Right. And so I think the ability to just get back up is such an important thing. And then I also think, you know, football is a great sort of microcosm of life and, and football and life are really a team sport. Mm. Um, it's not just about you. It's not just about what you need or want and your statistics. You sort of thrive uh, or you suffer, not just by yourself. And it, so right. the ability to interact with others, to be a good teammate, you know, every day I tell, tell my son, you know, there's three things we're looking at when you play soccer in this game. One, how well you do. Mm -hmm. I don't really care. <laughs> but what's your attitude and what's your effort? You know, is your attitude, are you being a good teammate? And are you giving it your best? And I think if you do those things, you, you have a have a great shot. Man, I love that attitude and effort. I mean, that goes beyond sports. That's an everyday life. So that, that's a, a a true tale of you know if anybody's going through stuff, attitude and effort can take you a long way. All right, let's jump into that '95 season. The job is yours. Dean is gone. Of course, you guys go undefeated. 
you guys rip off and play a, a, a great year. But I want to go back to that Tennessee game where you guys were down 30 to 14 in that game. You end up throwing six tubs in that game and bring you all the way back. What do you remember about that ball game and possibly Tennessee ruining your season? <laughs> well, uh, I re- what I remember recently was my son had never watched me play so probably five, six years ago. So oh. I said, hey, what do you want to watch? And I saw it. We had this VCR tape, if, if you know how old we are. VCR? And it was, uh, you you, have, you v- actually still have a VCR player? Uh, I don't, but I got oh, the tape. Oh, oh okay, uh, okay. But my parents did. This is, <laughs> this is several years ago. So I go, hey, your dad beat Peyton Manning. He said, what? Said, Let's watch the game. <laughs> well, he watched the first half. And we were down 30 to 14 and he left. He's like, dad, you really weren't that good. <laughs> uh, so we, we hung oh. in there. We uh, just, it clicked, you know, we were, we were struggling and all of a sudden it clicked and we just scored, I think uh, six, six straight touchdowns or seven, um, whatever. And just really, really took it to him. That was a big yeah. turning point too, for my life. I think sports illustrated. Uh, oh, was this was to, amazing, amazing story. When they, I when I saw this, I saw Sports Illustrated was there to put Peyton on the cover, but because yep. you balled out so good, they put you on the cover. I mean, how cool is that? Yep, yep. And I'm still signing handfuls of them oh, every week. Cool. Oh man, that is that that is pretty cool right there. I mean, getting your first major national attention, whooping up on Peyton, man. That, that's that's yep. pretty cool right there. All right, '96 season, the big year. Going into this season. Did you have any idea of how good you guys could be or that you could even possibly win the Heisman Trophy? I think at that point we were all pretty believers. You know, our junior year, my junior year, we were undefeated and, right. and we lost to Nebraska for the national championship. And I was third in the Heisman voting my junior year. So I think there was a lot of high expectations. We were ranked number one. And, um, you know, so we, we definitely believed um, – and uh, we had a lot of injuries, especially on the offensive line, that really hurt us uh, as the year went through. But um, we were able to pull through it. And, you know, probably the most memorable thing about that season for me is we were number one our last game of the season playing Florida State, mm-hmm. and they beat the crap out of us. I, I My dad said I got knocked down 32 times, Whoa. and there was like eight or nine late hits that they didn't call. Oh, and wow. um and so, you know, you lose a game at the end of the season, you're almost for sure out of the hunt for the national title. Right. But several things happened, you know, uh, that we couldn't control. One, you know, Nebraska was number one, lost to Texas. Uh, and then uh, we, you know, we, we had beat Alabama, so they fell back. And then Arizona State was undefeated, and they lost to Ohio State in the bowl. And so mm. all these things happened that gave us a chance in a rematch against Florida State in the Sugar Bowl for the national title. And, uh, you know, we recovered. Back to what we said earlier, everything seemed lost. We lost the game. We're out of the hunt. But we we hung in there. We got our act together. We rallied. We beat Alabama. We beat Florida State bad. and uh, 52 to 20 bad, yeah. And and, uh, won won the first national championship for Florida. So just an incredible – Incredible uh, memory. And, and if people don't remember the type of player that was on that team, guys like Fred Taylor, Redell Anthony, Ike Hilliard, I mean, Jacquez Grammy, you guys had dudes galore on that football team. And I would have loved to play quarterback then as well. Talk about mm-hmm. the opportunity to win probably the most prestigious award in college football, which is the Heisman Trophy, and what that meant for you as well as for you know your legacy as a Gator. Mm. 
Well, I think, you know, at the time, uh, so much was happening. And, you know, when, when I actually won the Heisman, it's right, right before the bowl game for the right. national title. Yep. And then right after that, there's the draft and there's the NFL and there's, you're just, there's so much going on. And I remember, uh, Jerry Spurrier is coach Spurrier's wife. And she came up to me the night that I won the Heisman. She said, Danny, she goes, you have no idea what this is going to mean. And as your life goes on, you'll understand it better. And wow. I, you know, I didn't really know what she meant. But it certainly proved to be true. Like, like, um, you know, you could, someone could win a Nobel Peace Prize and they'd still be introduced as the former Heisman Trophy winner. It's <laughs> right. like it's this iconic <laughs> thing that that sticks with you everywhere more than really any other thing. I think you you could experience and and at that age of your life. And you know, for me, it's just been an incredible opportunity and platform. And I think the question is how. Whatever we've been gifted, whatever God's given us, whatever blessings or privileges we have, you know, how do we use those uh, or how do we steward those, not just for ourselves, but for others? And, and it's been a great, great uh, asset in our work at Desire Street and all the things we try to do to help other people. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. I mean, I don't think a lot of people can understand what it's like to win the Heisman, but also understand what the things you had to go through to get there. Before we let you, we get out of the college realm, I know you get this question all the time, but I, you got to have at least one or two good Steve Sprayer stories. I, I tell you one that he always gave us at Georgia. When he went to South Carolina, he would always say, oh, I love to play Georgia early because they're going to have four or five guys suspended, so we got a chance. <laughs> I mean, he, he always ragged us, so I know – you got at least a couple stories about Steve Spurrier, whether it's in game or out of game, that are uh, pretty good. Man, yeah, there there are many a stories. Probably my favorite <laughs> is uh, when I was young, um, a freshman. It was before the Kentucky game, and I I went in and and we were throwing a corner route. I threw the ball as he broke, and the receiver I felt like cut the route short. He was kind of flat coming out of his break, so I right. overthrew him. It was intercepted and. I was wondering, you know, if Coach Spurrier would have seen it from my perspective, and then of course he'd have been mad at the receiver, or right. if he was just gonna be mad at the interception. So I get to the sideline, and he says, "Danny, don't worry, my man, it's not your fault." And so I was like, "Oh," and he goes, "It's my fault for putting you in there." <laughs> so that's one of my favorite stories. Oh, he tries is, to say he didn't say that, but he, he he said that plenty. That is classic. I love the way you you, you try to talk like a bit too. That is that is pretty <laughs> funny right there. Spurrier is absolutely one of the best coaches to ever coach at the, the collegiate level. So playing for him, I'm sure, was pretty cool. All right, let's move on. You actually, now you move on from college. You've done everything you could do in college. I mean, you leave with over 10,000 yards, 114 touchdown passes. I mean, your senior year, 39 touchdowns. You're about to get drafted. You get drafted to the Saints. What was it like to get drafted but also get drafted and go to New Orleans? It was a great, great thing for me. It's in the South. You know, that was uh, where we had just won the national championship at the Superdome. Mike right. Ditka was the coach. And so I was just super, super excited just with his legacy and the iconic figure. And so, you know, a lot of anticipation and hope, uh, mm-hmm. but it definitely did not turn out. You know, I was hoping to be the, the first guy like Drew Brees was to lead him to the Super Bowl. Right. Um, but that didn't happen. We were six and ten six and 10 and three and 13 and they 
fired Ditka, fired the players. They even fired the little dog who would run out on the field and get the tea after the, <laughs> they had a little dog. They got rid of the fetch, dog? Fetch monster, and he never oh, missed. Man. He was like 100 for 100, and they, they, they benched him too. So, oh, man. Um, it was tough, tough, definitely a tough experience, but loved the city, loved being there. That's where I, I got involved with Desire Street Ministries, and even though I went and played, you know, after that with several other teams, mm-hmm. um, New Orleans really became the home and, and, and the heart of, of where we lived and served. And then that's where I want to go next. Talk about Desire Street and how you got involved. Obviously, you, you got involved while you were with the Saints and then you end up coming back after you left the Saints and, and got involved with Desire Streets. I know it's something that's near and dear to you. I've actually been involved with the Desire Cup, which goes on between the Georgia-Florida week. You heard I said it right, Georgia-Florida week. Uh, <laughs> but uh, talk about Desire Street Ministries for a minute and, and what it's about and uh, how you became affiliated with Desire Street Ministries. Yeah, well, it started as a small organization in New Orleans in the Ninth Ward on Desire Street. Mm-hmm. So that's where the name came from. And it was one of the uh, often on the worst ranked neighborhoods in the country by housing and urban development. Um, and it had the second largest public housing project. And uh, uh, a guy from Georgia um, moved there, Mo Leverett, and, and founded this small organization and started serving kids and, and had a vision for uh, just growing it. And I was just blown away to, to hear about that. I remember going into the neighborhood the first time and I saw this this really old it looked like a bombed out building from World War II, this old project building that mm-hmm. certainly was mm-hmm. vacant and should have been condemned. And then as I'm looking at this building thinking, why is it even still up? I see a girl walk out holding a doll and I realize, wait, no, someone lives there. <laughs> wow. And, you know, it's not too far from the Superdome. And it's like, you know, I just began to realize is is amazing uh, and blessed as we are in our country and as many opportunities that, that we have, there there are just different places pockets of poverty and different people that just didn't have the same opportunities i did and so i wanted to make a difference and we over our time there we started a school we started you know a housing program to help people get housing we help people get jobs we started a medical clinic and the the goal was to see that neighborhood see some transformation and then Mm. also help other neighborhoods experience similar things Mm. and you know what what I realized in that was that so many of the people that are, are serving in these types of neighborhoods are really struggling because it's such hard work. Right. Uh, and many of them are burning out. So what Desire Street has become over the past several years is now we're an organization that serves leaders that live and work in under-resourced neighborhoods. And so we've helped start several schools and grow them. We've helped start several medical clinics and community centers and after-school programs and housing programs. And uh, it's just we've been, you know, uh, really dialed in probably in 25 neighborhoods since uh, the original in New Orleans. And our goal for the next five years is to develop uh, 20 more um, neighborhoods in the next five years. Wow, that is that is amazing work, and I, I think the things you're doing now in the community, I think, really outweighs anything that has happened on the field because you're helping so many different people. And I remember we'll talk about Desire Cup in in, in one minute. Uh, I was at the Desire Cup, which is a, a golf tournament that you have uh, every year down at TPC Sawgrass, and the first time I got the chance to hear Latanya Gates Boston, who is, you know, a part of Paul Kids, and you have a lot to do with that. Just talk about that relationship and how that has grown to 
I mean, it's it's amazing what's going on there at Paul Kids with Latanya, and you're a big part of that. Yep. So uh, this is a ministry called Paul Kids. It's out on formerly, you know, Bankhead Highway, but mm-hmm. now Donnelly Hollowell and Grove Park. Yep. And Latanya is just an amazing uh, woman who started a, a ministry there and is serving kids uh, initially, primarily, and then families. And um, we came alongside and helped her kind of develop her team and, and some of the resources and have supported her over the years. And, you know, just recently they um, they got another building and have turned it into a, a food distribution center. As you oh, know, wow. yeah. um, there's a lot of food shortages and with schools closed, kids aren't having uh, access to good food. And so they they're just they're distributing thousands of meals uh, to mm. their neighbors. And it's just an incredible uh, service that they're providing. And, you know, our our goal is to help someone like Latanya not be there for five years, but to be there for 20 or wow. 30, if, if that's what she's called to do. And, um, and yeah, she's a great leader in the west side of Atlanta. Yeah, for anybody who lives in Atlanta, I mean, it's it's worth going by and seeing what it's about. Latanya is a, an awesome, amazing woman. I've met her a couple of times myself. So uh, the things you guys are doing there are are beyond incredible. Um, let's talk about Desire Cup, man. Desire Cup uh, is obviously a really cool and fun environment and, and tournament that you put on every year. Uh, talk about expectations going into this year and, you know, how it has grown over the years. Yeah, this will be our 10th one, and it's been a super fun event. We've done it at different locations, and, uh, you know, Coach Dooley comes most years. Coach mm-hmm. Spurrier's been coming. We've had Herschel and Emmett and Tebow and a lot of the, the celebrities uh, from, from the different schools. And then, of course, it's a competition, a tournament, <laughs> golf tournament yeah. between the two. And it's just <laughs> real fun. It's uh, always a competition, right? It's, always <laughs> a competition. And, uh, so it's been really fun. This is our 10th year. We're doing it at Sea Island this year. Oh, and, nice. you know, it's it's a little challenging with all the COVID stuff and, and, and that sort of thing. So we're, we're still pushing through and we're excited to, to have our event the 29th and 30th. And one thing that we're really pushing, we have a, a special uh, opportunity to participate that's called the 19th hole. Mm-hmm. And what that is, it's a way for anybody that can attend to support the event. And, uh, and so we're really asking this year that they're trying to really spread that word and have as many people as possible participate through the 19th hole. And you can go to our website, desirestreet.org and you look up the cup and there's a way to, to participate we're trying to you know probably make up for what will be some lost revenue in our fundraisers just because of, of attendance and different things that are going to make make it harder this year but hopefully that 19th hole will really help us nice, get the nice, funds we need nice desirestreet.org uh if you didn't hear that check that out for sure it's definitely uh doing some great things and uh over the years danny i know you always mentioned this the team that usually wins the Zyre Cup usually wins the game on the field. Is is that still true to, to form? Yeah, it was more true to form <laughs> for a while. Um, and it was, a, it was a pitch that we thought was a good one, but it hasn't, hasn't, uh, hasn't played out. There was actually a lot of uh, – uh, accusations that as the executive director, I was skewing the uh, the count because Florida won several in a row, but Georgia won last year, yeah. so everybody's back to believing it's fair. And, I think I was a part um, of that 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 noise of skewing because I mean it just made no <laughs> sense. I mean, I think because you guys always waited till the Georgia guys put all their scores in, and then you guys put your scores in. I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just. That's what I saw from afar, you know. <laughs> That's what you saw. One one question I have is we we talked about my entire college career, but we never ever talked about the Florida Georgia rivalry but 
you've been such a good host. Let's just move on. <laughs> you just had to get the, the Florida Georgia part in there just to switch it back around, which is, oh, yep. man. Uh, my, my man Scotty D's over here. He's loving this. To, to what was your record guy. against Florida? Hey, let's move on. All right, let's move on, Dan. We we don't need to talk about that right now. Okay? Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's move. move on. Hey, Who man. Be, be, before we get out of here, man, I want to ask you about your Gators, man. This year, Dan Mullins come in, and you know he's got the double digit wins last couple of years. Kyle Trask came in and played really well last year, in in lieu of Felipe Franks going down. Now he's at Arkansas. What are your expectations for this Florida team and? Can they be the new dog in the East and, you know, win an SEC East? That hasn't happened in a while. Yeah, well, we're obviously very excited about Mullen. He has uh, really been impressive as a coach. I think he's got all the tools that, that, to, to be just elite. And uh, so the first couple of years were great. I think our team uh, will be improved. I think our offensive line will be improved. That was sort of a weak spot for us last year. Um, and so, you know, I'm a big fan of Kyle Trask. I think he's super smart and accurate. You know, Emory Jones is a great quarterback as well. That'll mm-hmm. get some playing. So I'm, I'm very optimistic. You know, I, I think, you know, it's always bad to have too high of expectations <laughs> and, uh, you, it creates a lot of suffering in our lives when we expect too much all the time. So I'm always tempered a bit, but I, I really am excited. You know, I think also this year, will be a very interesting year and i think um you know uh, always leadership is important having a, a coach that's a good leader not just right. a good football coach and also having some some good leaders on the team but i think this year a, a big advantage will go to the team that's that's able to to manage the the unpredictability of the covid you mm-hmm. may have some players at times that are going to get quarantined you, mm-hmm. you know there's the schedules we're not playing we're playing you know with, with some of these different conferences so i think that uh it'll be a great opportunity to you know plus you know who if you think back to when you're playing you know there's an additional responsibility this year to sort of be careful about where you go as a person absolutely because yeah. if you get it you could ruin your team <laughs> yeah. and now you know if you got a hundred 18 to 22 year old young men Man. that's going to be hard to manage but if you got some great leadership that's keeping track of people and really motivating people that can make a big difference and so wow. i think we'll we'll see who handles that the best and that'll be an extra advantage in this year's season all right man i i, I like all the things you said today you mentioned some some really great things i think a lot of people are going to take a lot of uh things from uh last thing does your florida gators get to the sec championship game well, that's going to come down. <laughs> that's going to – it's the reverse of me asking you if you <laughs> right, right. I would say this, you know, the last several years I, I was really expecting and, and Georgia and Kirby Smart is just really doing well. What a great yeah. program. I would say this year I think uh, I think we're, we're, we're at that level. Nice. So I'm not going to say we're definitely going to beat Georgia, <laughs> but I think, I think Florida and Georgia, Georgia and Florida is going to be the key game. You know, you guys losing your quarterback, I think, helps us a little bit. But I, I'm, not, I'm not close enough to know how well the other guys are doing. But I'm sure there's some great talent. But I think I think it'll be a pretty pretty even match, and whoever yeah. gets that game is is, is going to go. Awesome. Well, Danny, man, I appreciate you taking the time to join the Triple Threat Podcast, man. From winning the Heisman back in '96 to being 
a stand-up guy who is doing a lot of great things in the community, helping a lot of great people. Um, uh, I commend you, and I thank you again for, for joining us today, man. And uh, stay safe down there in Florida, man, and keep everybody uh, healthy, bro. Thanks, DJ. Keep up the good work. God bless you, my friend. Thanks, Dan. All right. Bye-bye. Man, what a great day we had today talking to my man, Danny Werfer. I told you he was going to be legendary talking to a Heisman Trophy winner and then all the great things he's doing outside the game of sports with life, man. This has been a great day on the Triple Threat Podcast. Continue to subscribe. Continue to tell somebody. Continue to listen. We appreciate everybody who is joining us today. And we look forward to catching you guys next week. For my man, Scotty D, I'm DJ Shockley. We'll see you next week. Doses. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.